Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us yet again for another show. Now, before we do get into the top four stories trending here in Thailand, don't forget to like this video and do subscribe to the channel if you already haven't. Now, if you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's a link down below in the description where all the available podcast players can be found. And don't forget, if you want to support the show, if you like to support the show, you can do so by looking down in the description yet again to the buymeacoffee.com website where you can buy coffees for us and actually don't forget if you're on youtube hit that notification bell so that'll let you know when the next available podcast is on their platform so we're just going to jump into the first story of the day and it's coming from the bangkok post of all places but just 180 active influential people 10 provinces have none Now, this goes back to a few weeks ago where the government said they wanted to crack down on influential people and they wanted the interior minister ministry to supply them with the names of these um, influential people who are kind of no criminals. The House Committee on Administration announced on Wednesday it had learned that there are just only 180 active influential people in the country and 10 provinces are totally free of them. MP Karawi Prisanakakul from the Bumjai Thai Party, chairman of the House Committee, said the information came from the Deputy Interior Minister Chada Thai said and representatives of the Department of Provincial Administration who met with the committee at Parliament on Wednesday. Now, Mr. Chada oversees the government's nationwide campaign to suppress influential peep- people. That's basically a metaphor for, um, well, crooks, and is also from the Bumjai Thai party. Mr. Karawi said Mr. Chada's delegation told him 180 influential people were still active, and officials also listed 625 former influential people who had already agreed to stop coercing others. Authorities had yet to work out measures to tame the active influential people, he said. There were continued, they will continue to monitor the behavior of the 625 who claimed to have reformed. Mr. Chad has said the department reported that influential people were operating in 66 provinces, but the other 10 provinces were free from them. They did not name any of the provinces. But Mr. Curry said because that information was classified. The Interior Ministry defined influential people as those who use influence to coerce others, affecting their bodies, minds, freedoms, reputation or assets. He said the House Committee also asked if Mr. Chad's arrested son-in-law was considered an influential person. A representative of the Department of Public Administration said officials would find out if he had abused his authority to offend other people. The House Committee referred to the arrest of Wirat Rasamisi, a municipal mayor, on Tuesday in Utaitani province for the alleged extortion of a tap water contractor. He is Mr. Chad's son-in-law. So this story basically has been, as I said, they've been trying to crack down on these influential people. Basically, they're crooks. Okay, here's a couple of questions and I'd love somebody there to answer this, particularly in the government. So if you say that there's 625 have said they're going to reform. So that's 625 crooks, criminals, by the way, that you've decided are okay. So they're going to reform themselves. They don't do prison time. Do you know how you reform people, right? They do prison time. You know, they pay for their crimes. You don't just say, ah, you guys, we're going to stop now. We're finished doing the criminal stuff. It's nonsense. And this got Mr. Chad, a guy from the Ministry of the Interior. His son-in-law was arrested for basically being a crook. So how is he any person to be in charge of any kind of investigation when his own son-in-law is up to it? It just shows you how non-transparent any of this are. I'd say there are probably 180 influential people in the province of Phuket alone let alone 180 in the whole country. 
And this is the absurdity of this. People in government genuinely think the citizens of this country are stupid. That's what I think. I think they do. I think they just say we can tell them anything and they'll believe us. I'm sure in some provinces or some towns, you could probably find 180 crooks. And yet these guys are trying to tell you, oh, but there's not many left. Most of them, by the way, if they want to know where most of the, you know, the influential people are, have look no further than the Senate and the previous government. They'd find quite a lot more than 180 there, by the way. But that's near here nor there of it. I, I think Thailand deserves a lot better than this. And I, I do think Thai people are not stupid to understand that what these guys are basically doing is just throwing out any old figure they can, covering their asses, and uh, that's it. As I said, most of the crooks are normally in the government. And, and that, that's honest, the honest truth about it all. But we're going to move on to the next story. And it's in relation to this digital wallet handout scheme. That's the 10,000 baht that the Pua Thai Party made as their actual, their standout pledge to the Thai people when they uh, were going to be elected, their election manifesto as such. And uh, they stood out on it and they said, this is, uh, this is, this is the top thing we're going to do, 10,000 baht. Now, I've always argued that the 10,000 baht should only be given to the poor. It's a waste of money. People who are rich should not be getting it. And maybe somebody's listening to this show because suddenly things are changing in relation to it. So the digital wallet handout is to shrink and it's going to be delayed by at least seven to eight months. The government's 10,000 baht digital money handout may face delays of up to seven or eight months and a reduction in scope as it will only cover the poor, according to a deputy minister of finance. Following a meeting of a subcommittee overseeing the project implementation on Wednesday, Mr. Jullapon said on Thursday that the subcommittee recommended limiting the handout to just 16 million people who have state welfare cards or individuals meeting specific wealth criteria based on income or savings. If limited to the 16 million cardholders, the scheme will cost the state 160 billion baht. The subcommittee also suggested extending eligibility to those meeting specific salary or savings criteria. Mr. Gillipon said if the handout excludes people earning more than 25,000 baht per month or having at least 100,000 baht in deposits, the scheme will cover about 43 million people costing approximately 430 billion baht. An optional proposal by the subcommittee excluded individuals earning over 50,000 baht or having savings exceeding 500,000 baht. In this scenario, the handout will cover 49 million recipients costing the state 490 billion baht. Now, these figures also sound a little iffy. So they're basically saying that there's not many people in Thailand earning over 50,000 baht per month. I think that figure is a little off too. Nevertheless, the government's initially planned to distribute 10,000 baht worth of digital money to each Thai age 16 and over. The Pua Thai Party, which leads the coalition government, had raised the handout as its key campaign policy. But with 54.8 million people meeting the original condition, concerns arose about the significant burden of over 500 billion baht affecting the country's financial stability. The subcommittee concluded that the handout scheme should be funded mainly by national budget, about 100 billion baht annually starting from the 2024 fiscal year. Under this condition, the scheme would be delayed for seven to eight months, pending approval of the 2024 national budget, Mr. Gillipon said. Previously, the government intended to hand out the digital money on February 1st uh, next year. The subcommittee will present its proposals on the scheme to the government committee, supervising the project next week at the earliest, the deputy minister said. He said the subcommittee scrapped its plan to fund the handout with money from Government Savings Bank due to a potential legal violation. 
Krungtai Bank would develop a new digital money handout system, allowing a recipients to spend the digital money with their, within their district, but they would be required to start spending within six months of uh, receiving it. Vendors capable of cashing digital money would be subject to value-added tax, corporate income tax or personal income taxes, he said. The deputy minister said the handout project would effectively stimulate the economy and contribute to the development of the country's digital infrastructure. As we have said in this show many, many times, the money should go to the poor. If you're going to hand it out, how far 10,000 baht will go when you can only spend it in certain shops and certain areas, I don't truly know. It looks like they're going to have to be legal shops. They're going to have to be shops that are paying tax. And as we all know, there is a great deal of shops here in Thailand that are open and do not pay tax, do not pay VAT, do not pay income tax or anything like that. We, we know this. this. This is part of the makeup here of many businesses in this country. So it's going to limit shops participating in the scheme. And then again, you're going to have about 16 million people who are welfare care holders who will be allowed to use it. Now, the other conditions they talk about, well, maybe we'll put it up to tw- if you earn less than 25,000 per month, you might be allowed into it. And to give you an idea, 25,000 baht per month, by the way, is about $688, 653 euro and 570 pound. So it's not a lot of money. And that's per month, by the way. So not a great deal of money for people even still. So you can understand where what, they, what they're deeming as wealthy people. To me, a wealthy person in Thailand is probably somebody earning over 100,000 for Thailand. And even the 50,000, I think, is not a huge amount of money to be earning, really. People go to college in Thailand, apparently if you go to university you're meant to earn a minimum starting off of 15,000 I think it is or 20,000 per month so you know you can't say that a fresh graduate out of school is wealthy so they need to look at that too it depends what they want to do but for me the idea is I would be to make sure the poor people as they're saying on welfare cards people who don't have money are looked after first and I think it's a really great great way to start things off now if we're going to pay a little devil advocate on this too let's do that for a second the Thai party basically have now decided that our election pledge is invalid and we're not going to well, we're not going to do it they held this up as we are going to be this is our promise to the Thai people this is what we're running on 10,000 I mean it was everywhere and now it looks like it's going to go from every Thai over 16 years of age to 16 million people only and the pledge we made we're going to renege on it so that's the other side of the kind of the story on this too and how will Thai people react I'm not quite sure Especially, I wonder how people who voted for them, a lot of people will have voted for Puatai based on this. And you'd be very, very surprised that they would have voted believing that they they were going to get this money. Because I know a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, we're going to be getting the 10,000 at least, you know, that's something. And they'll find out soon enough that they're not going to be getting the 10,000. So how will they feel about that after voting for this particular party based on that election pledge? So that probably runs into it. As well, I, I, I do feel sorry for people, but Puatai have nobody else to blame but themselves. The idea that they didn't know how much this was going to cost is ludicrous. They knew how many people were eligible for it. You multiply it by 10,000 and you get the amount. And then you figure out, well, where does this money come from? Where are we getting this money? They seem to have done no math whatsoever on it. But this is also the same kind of thing that happened in the previous Puatai party when uh, Yingluk Shinamata was in, in government with the rice pledging scheme. No problem to hand it out to people, but they couldn't pay for it. And then, you know, as we know now, it, 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 it was rife 
full of corruption and people, ministers and uh, politicians went to jail because of it. So I think they're looking, they're on the, the same kind of path in many ways. It would be great if uh, potential candidates and potential parties were just honest with people when they ran for election. And we're going to talk about another promise that the Puatai party made during the election and what's coming up next. So let's just jump into that. The Labour Ministry uh, plans to raise minimum wage to 400 baht max by December. So this was another pledge. Now, the pledge was, I think, 600 baht by 20 within four years. So by the time they're just about to finish government, the minimum wage in Thailand should be 600 baht for everyone. Now, to give you an idea, right, what 600 baht a day, by the way, 600 baht a day we're talking about here. Uh, that That's what they had planned within the next four years. But they had spoken about getting into government, we're going to raise it by at least four to 400 baht a day by the end of this year. Now, let's all quickly idea what 400 baht is. 400 baht is $11. $11 a day working here, or $10, or sorry, 10 euro 50, or just over nine pounds a day. So that's the kind of money they're talking about raising the minimum to here in Thailand. Now, a lot of businesses here in Thailand, especially if you go into hospitality and other places like that, they all pay minimum wage. When you go stay at a hotel and you see your bartender there, he's probably on about, you know, 10 pound a day. Just remember that. So the Ministry of Labour is considering raising minimum wages, which currently range from 328 baht to 354 baht per day to a maximum of 400 baht, according to the Labour Minister Piyapat Ratchapakarn. Now, he was also the sports minister in the previous government. He said today that by how much wages will be increased will depend on the economic situation and inflation of each province, but the maximum should not exceed 400 baht per day. The minimum wage issue was discussed at a meeting today at the Senate Labour Affairs Committee, which was attended by Piapat and Labour Permanent Secretary Pirat Chaktisatin. The committee chairman, Police General Adul, said that adjusting the minimum wage in Thailand must take into consideration the wages in the other ASEAN member countries to ensure the price of Thai goods and the investment climate remain competitive. The Tri-Party Wage Committee, comprising Labour representatives to private sector and the government, will decide the appropriate rate for each province. The Puatai Party promised in its electoral manifesto to increase the minimum wage to 600 baht a day within four years. Here in Thailand, the minimum wage depends on what province you're from or working in. It depends. Sounds a bit ludicrous, doesn't it? And then they're concerned about the minimum wage and other ASEAN member countries. How about you just worry about your own citizen? Now, I know what they're saying. Well, if we put up the wages, that means, you know, businesses are going to have to put their prices of the prices of uh, goods and services up as well to match having to pay that. All right, that we understand. But wouldn't you think you'd be considering and considerate of the people in your own country first? I mean, let's be honest. The idea that you have different minimum wages for people doing the same job in different parts of the country seems to me just a little ludicrous. I suppose, especially when it's between 328 baht and 354. Now, 354, by the way, you'll earn if you're in Phuket or um, I think Chonburi and Bangkok also. So provinces where maybe there's more money made, maybe more tourism. And obviously 328 is in places where maybe it's not as economically valuable as such. So in these kind of areas, you get a lower minimum wage. But the idea is they're gonna, we might raise it to 400 and it'll all depend on what province you're in. Does sound a little unfair and it doesn't sound like the Puatai party are really trying to, let's say, um, again, keep to their manifesto, keep to what they told the people. So if your plan is to get to 600 baht per day 
within the next four years, that should be for every province, not just a particular one or two or three or four, should be for everybody. What's the plan to get from 354 now, or let's take the minimum, it is 328, to 600. So you're going to up it to 400 and then you're going to complain that, well, you know, we have to look at the other ASEAN members. Well, based on what they're saying, it'll never get to 600 baht per day because they'll always have that, have that as their excuse. So yet again, no prosperity for the Thai people and the Thai people getting pretty much shafted by another political party who made promises also they can get into government here in the country to make sure they're their, their lord and master, Taksin Shinawatra, can get back, spend his time in jail, because this is what it's all been about, guys. This is what it's been about. If the Puatai party were really a democratic party, they would have stuck with the Move Forward party. But that wasn't in the plans. You see, to get to get Taksin Shinawatra back, they had to be in alliance with these ruling, former ruling junta parties. They had to go into a pact with them because that's the only way that Tax and Shinawatra will be sitting in a nice police, cosy ward, private room right now with a year left on his term and be able to apply for parole in two months time or three months time. And at the end of the day, that's what it's always been about. Getting this guy back home so he can do what he's been doing for years. It was never about the Thai people. If all these pledges were about the Thai people, then they'd be implementing, they'd be fighting to say, Yes, we need to, we're going to give the 10,000 baht to everybody in Thailand because we promised the people on that. And you know what? We said we're going to make the salary 600 baht per day. And you know what? We're going to make it 400 in this year. And next year, we're going to raise it to this amount and the year after to this amount. And we're going to get to the 600 like we promised. But now the excuses are all flowing in. And this is unfortunately what happens when you elect a party whose only goal is to make sure that its paymaster, their lord and master, Tax and Shinawatra can get home because they don't care about the rest of it. And they'll claim, well, we're in a coalition, we have to compromise. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone into the coalition. Maybe you should have hung out with the Move Forward party and tried to build a coalition and a different way of doing things. But they didn't do that and they've done what they've done. They'll, they'll, I think they're going to have a very tough election when it comes down to it in a few years' time. Now, finally, according to Thai Airways, Europe and Australia on their routes are fully booked. But Chinese demand remains muted because of sluggish economy and security concerns. The Thai Airways International says bookings are full on its European and Australian routes in the fourth quarter of this year, but Chinese demand remains sluggish, possibly for reasons related to the economy and security concerns. The Israel-Hamas war and global economic slowdown appear to have had no immediate impact on travellers so far, judging from the heavy bookings from Europe and Australia, Thai President Chai Imsari said on Thursday. However, the Chinese market has not yet recovered substantially, possibly because of domestic economic problems and the impact of the Siam Paragon shooting on travellers' confidence. I do believe that had something to do with it, all right. Bookings from the Chinese market remained at only 60% of capacity on average, Mr Chai said. A Chinese mother of twins was among three people killed and another Chinese tourist was injured in the October 3 shooting at Siam uh, Paragon which revived concerns amid some Chinese travellers about the safety of visiting Thailand. Mr. Chai also reiterated that the national carrier should be able to exit its rehabilitation plan late next year as the improvements in its financial performance have exceeded its expectations. The company cash flow currently amounts to 51 billion baht, he added. Thai Airways is due to report its third quarter earnings by mid-November. Second quarter revenue totaled 37.3 billion baht, up 73% from the same period last year as travel demand continued to improve. 
Net profit for the quarter was 2.6 billion baht, compared with a net loss of 3.2 billion baht a year earlier. Profit for the first half was 14.77 billion baht, against a loss of 6.47 billion baht in the first six months of 2022. So Thai Airways seems to be doing a lot better. It seems to be on a better trajectory at the moment. We'll see if it continues that way when they get out of their rehabilitation plan, because, you know, with these plans, they have a set thing they have to follow. And when they exit it, will it go back to the way it was run in the past, which led to what happened and bankruptcy, you know, a few years ago? Or will they continue to do what they've been doing to make sure that the the airline remains profitable and, uh, you know, there for the Thai people to use? We'll see how that all shapes out. Anyway, folks, that is it for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, we'll be back in the next couple of days. Have a great day and do stay safe out there. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.